0: hey what's up guys how y'all doing good to be here today hey my name is Travis I am uh, originally from Miami Florida and uh, I planted church about two years ago so uh, I worked in a, a, a several different church environments um it's a little bit my, my, my ministry background uh, you know I worked at a large church in Orlando for for a while it's a church about 5,000 members um, I worked at a church a, a church plant Um of that church, uh, and a church of about 100 members. Um, I worked in the rural environments. Uh, my, my, my dad's side is from uh, the tri-cities of, of Alabama, um, Tuscumbia, Florence, and Sheffield. So that is country upon country. And uh, so I, I was in Tuscumbia, and I was at a church there uh, for a little bit. And when I was in, in Tuscumbia, that church, it was, uh, you know, it took us, you know, 35 minutes to get to the nearest McDonald's. Uh, Walmart. We didn't have a Walmart in town. So a very rural environment. So I, I, I'm kind of familiar with different contexts. Right now, my church is a really diverse church. And uh, you know we're kind of a, a fast-paced uh, church. And uh, we started, uh, like I said, two years ago, we, we had about 400 people on day one. And then I, we did what I call a Gideon revival. We went from 400 to 100 <laughs> in six weeks. Uh, and then I, we kind of obviously built back up there and we're kind of, you know, a lot, a lot bigger than that now. So, uh, I, I say all I have to say is I want, I wanted to kind of share. Um, they were asking me what type of sessions I should do, um, and um, I always like to share what has been most helpful for me in my journey. Um, and how many lead pastors here? How many lead anybody lead pastors here? Uh, so these are uh, anybody like a staff, staff pastors. Cool. So uh, the, my whole goal today is to give you all some systems. Uh, some structures uh, on how to how to grow. So I, so well, you still got time to leave this session because I'm gonna tell you if if you're this, you probably don't want to be here. Um, so and I won't get offended. I promise at all. Um, but you know, so I get accused all the time, especially for people like, oh, your church is all about numbers because you got a whole bunch of people. We're about making disciples. You know, I'm about making disciples. I love Jesus and. I want our people to grow in our faith, but we think that every number is a is a is a story, and uh, and so um, we we love numbers. We talk. In fact, God loves numbers. There's, he wrote a whole book called the Book of Numbers. Uh, so, um, um, so like if you're one of those ones that you kind of wanted this, this class is not going to be about how to teach the next theology course in your your class and, and how to. Teach your people hermeneutics and homiletics, and how to get them interpretation of the spiritual things, of deep thoughts, whatever. You know, like this class is really about how do you structure a church so that we can reach more people for God. Like at the end of the day, like we're trying to get as many people as possible into motivation church. That's like our goal. Like we we're trying to fill it up. Um, and so uh, so that's our goal. That's what we want to do. Um, and so I want to give you some systems on how, how to make that happen. Uh, in this um, next uh, few moments that we have together, and so. And, and by, you know, we're gonna do a and a at the end, but if there's any questions in between, just stop me. I'm just chatting up here. I'm just talking to you guys. And I, I, I've done this talk a few different times. Um, um, but I first wanna say, you can go to that first slide. Um, uh, we're gonna talk about systems, right? And I think systems are important. Um, systems that help us accomplish our vision. I think those are really important. Like we gotta have great systems. Like anybody, um, anybody can. can anybody's just from this area, like from this, Immediate area, so can you tell me like what's one of the best burger spots? Ida, Five Guys. Five guys. Five. Anybody else? Any other local spots? Anybody got any good local spots? What about in y'all cities? Like wh- where y'all from? Anybody want to name us some good local spots of burgers? What about you? What, what in your city? What's the what's the burger spot? People want a good burger. In Akron, it's called Louis. 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 Yeah. Really good, good burger spot, right? What What about you? You're, you're in a, a rural town? Yeah. So y'all, do y'all have burgers in y'all town? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we got fast food, bro. That's about it. Yeah, about it. What about you? So, like in this area, there's the Thurmans or something. The Thurmans? All, right? the Thurman's? Thurman, yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah, it. It's so funny that none of you all mention McDonald's and they sell the most burgers every single day. Because what Ray Krox did was Ray Krox realized that, hey, I can focus on making the best quality burger in the world. Like my favorite burger place just went out of business Um, because it's not really about the burger. Uh, Ray Krox realized that, that there needs to be a system to get the burgers, so he created the cash register. He put four cash register in one store, which was unheard of in that time. He says, what we're we gonna do, we're gonna do a drive-through and you can just stay in your car and get your burger really fast. And what he did was he created a system I think oftentimes, like a lot of times, especially in churches, man, you guys got good sermons and good words and great ministries. And the worship is amazing. The church is amazing. The graphics are awesome. But oftentimes, because our systems are lacking, there are very few people who know about the quality that you're offering. And we got good quality. Quality is great, man. We got, you know, we, we're offering the best thing ever. Like We're offering Jesus Christ, man. When people come into our church, they're hearing the gospel of Jesus. They're hearing the word of God, and those things are awesome. man. It is great quality, but if the system is not right, then it don't matter how good your sermon is, no matter how good your, it doesn't matter how good your worship is, and you can have Chris Tomlin mixed with Elevation, mixed with Hillsong, mixed with Bethel with no shoes on in the worship, worshiping on the stage. Like It don't matter like who, who you are what you're doing. You could be the most trendiest dressed person or not dressed. If the system is not right, important so I was one of those guys who like you know I'm, I'm a speaker so like speakers like to speak I like to I like to be in rooms I like to kind of make people feel a certain emotion and, and I, I was speaking really good and I remember I was a youth pastor and I was like like how come people not coming to the youth group I'm, I'm preaching these great sermons I'm I'm preaching with passion I'm, I'm, I'm engaging people why is no one coming and I realize that the systems are, are way off like systems are so important right uh, and so I want to give you all some just quick systems on um, real quick that help you accomplish your vision because here's what I believe that I am not in love with any system that we do. I'm in love with the vision that God's given our church. So what happens is like when I go I was in California a couple weeks ago, and uh, this pastor, uh, I was this pastor said, "Hey, we need help. We've been stuck at 500 uh, for for many years. I said, "Well, let's sit down and talk about it. Let's talk about why you've been stuck." And so I meet with the pastor and and I said, how long hows the long your long you serving?" He said, well, I preach an hour and 45 minutes. I said, oh, okay, Pastor. I said, Pastor, you know, you, you're in Richmond, California, and a lot of people are unchurched, but you're gonna still preach Yeah, I'm preaching an hour and 45 minutes. I'm gonna preach the word of God, and this generation don't wanna know about the word of God, and this country don't know about the word of God, and they don't know about the word of God. I said, okay, cool, cool, Pastor. And I said, Pastor, well, what what, what, if we, what if we shift your sermon from an hour and 45? Could you go to like preaching like for 50 minutes? And in my head, that's real long. He said no i can't do it can't do it pastor and you can go back you can go back to the richmond in virginia but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take my because here's why he fell in love with the system and not the vision the vision was to reach people who are far from god in richmond california not preach sermons right the sermon is just the system to help you get to the vision right and so the what you do in worship, it's just the system to help you get to the vision. And so the reason why I say that to say is that oftentimes I am going to talk to you about systems, but we're not in love with the systems. So people say, hey, Travis, you're a systems guy. No, I'm a vision guy, and I'm willing to take any vehicle that needs to take for me to get to my vision. Right. So I'm a vision guy. I wanna, I, this is about vision. It's about reaching lost people. It's about it's, it's about it's about populating heaven and it's about taking people who are on their way to hell. And, and taking them out so uh, that's that's the vision that's what i want that's what i want to be but uh, so i got to create systems as vehicles to help me get to there so does that make sense guys cool so i'm trying to set us up real quick of some systems uh, that we need to have and so um b- before we get into the system I, I'm, I'm gonna kind of give you a few things that we measure real quick um you want to write these down a few things that we measure uh at our church and just kind of some things that uh m- many people uh, measure um, when it comes to um, who we are. All right. First thing we measure is that I don't—I really don't care about how many people come to church on Sunday mornings. I care about how many people serve on Sunday mornings. So my goal and your goal is to never grow your church. My goal and your goal should be grow your volunteer team because at all times your volunteer team would be uh, three times the least amount of your. A normal church attendance so if you want to get your church attendance just this times three your volunteer team and you, it's normally pretty close so my goal is that you know what I'm not gonna focus on getting many people in my church uh, uh, seats I'm gonna focus on growing my team as large as possible here's why because God honors structure right he even said it he says the harvest is there he he, he didn't talk about like he talked about the harvest. He said hey i'm not i don't i'm not concerned about people coming into your church the harvest is there what i care about is the workers right so what i'm saying is that like oftentimes we measure the amount of people inside the seats for me, on a, on, a, on a Monday morning, the numbers I want them to report to me is not how many people are there. How many people were assigned, were, were confirmed, and served on planning center? That's kind of what I want to do. I want to know. I don't know how many people serve, right? Because I know that if my servant team grows, my church grows, right? And so for me, I'm always trying to grow my servant team. So every month, like let's grow by let's grow by 25 people, right? Every month. Because I know if I grow by 25 people in in, in on my servant team, I grew by 75 people in my church. So for me, the math is simple. It's easy math. It happens all the time, right? So I measure uh, our dream team. Uh, I, I measure um, um, uh, first-time givers. Um, and so I, I measure how many people give for the first time. Um, I, I, want, I want people to know. I want to know how many people are believing in this vision, believing in this message. I want to know first-time givers. I really want to know, you know, I mean, obviously the bottom line does matter how much that comes in uh, each uh, month. But really, I want to know how many people are giving for the first time. Like, like, what does that look like uh, for us? Um, So I measure those things. And obviously, I do look at attendance, but I'm looking at Dream Team first. I look at salvations. I want to know how many people are getting saved. Like, is is there a life change happening? Like, I mean, if I'm going months without people getting saved and saying yes to Jesus, uh, like, what type of culture are we building? Are we building a transfer culture? And and are there any lost people coming to meet Jesus? Like, is there any life-giving happening, right? We, We measure baptisms. We don't know how many baptisms are happening. Um, not that, you know, and we're, you know, we're, I know we're living in a culture where the baptisms is, they, anybody can get baptized these days. Like, it's like oh, I want to get baptized again. So, you know, and, you know, we're not just doing it for the show of Instagram or Facebook, but we want to know how many people are getting baptized. Like, how many people are making commitments and, and, and moving forward? So those are some of the things we measure um, in our church. Uh, we measure, and there's some other things. This is our random stuff that m- you don't have to measure this, but I'm going this down. Um, we measure YouTube views. We know how many people are engaging on our, our, our online platform our social media views uh when our live stream uh we we're we're, made, we're measuring um we even measure how many leaders that we have uh and how many people are moving from in our church you have what's called i'm gonna talk about this later we have what's called uh directors and coordinators i want to know how many people that went from a coordinator to a director directors are top level positions in our church so i always want people moving up in our organization i always want i want to know like and so when they report to me once a month like when my staff reports to me i want to, i want them to tell me like hey how many people are moving up is there any movement going on right so there's uh, so let me give you some systems that we do so sunday mornings is a system is a system sunday morning service is our system anybody anybody have a service outside of sunday mornings you all what do y'all have wednesday evening service right is that like your main focus service or y'all have a So it's more of a midweek service, right? So Sunday mornings is the main, is the main, the main boat. So for us, Sunday morning is a big deal, right? We're looking at every aspect of Sunday morning. Like we want to create a platform where Sunday mornings is big, right? And so for us, like we're making sure that our Sunday mornings are life-giving. They're excellent. They're well done. We're making sure the offering envelopes are placed nicely. We want to make sure that the smell of the room is smelling good. We use scent machines. Praise Jesus! Like we we we're, we're making sure like everything is great. We want to make sure the transitions from the worship to the transition person is smooth. From worship song to worship song. Like from kids ministry check-in. And our head kids ministry a uh, parent should only be in line for literally 45 seconds max. Um, and so we're we're measuring that. How many? How long does it take for a parent to get in line? She got five kids, trying to, her first time. Does it take us take us five minutes to get all her kids checked in online? Like we're measuring everything, right? Sundays is a system. It's a system that you have, right? So for us, the, the what what we do to really process that system is we use a program called Planning Center. And many people use it. anybody know what Planning Center Planning Center is? So Planning Center is pretty much it. You can you can plan your whole service um on planning center but you also can have people your volunteers they're scheduled uh to uh work in certain positions in your church so like parking you know cafe or service producer or passing uh, a pastor assistant that day so that, that's that's kind of what we do at planning center right so sundays for us is is a system we think it's a big deal um so small groups is another system that we do like we love small groups right because we always tell people like this like we say hey we want to be a we, we want to be um, a, a small church with a lot of people that's all we always say right that's one of our sayings right and so you know like you know when we, we cross a thousand mark we're two years old we kind of crossed a thousand mark now and and I always tell people all the time I say hey guys we're, we're, we're a small church We just got a lot of people here and, and the reason why we say that is and the system that helps us accomplish that vision is small groups that's what we do. We do small groups. We make sure that small groups are are strong. Um, we make sure our small group leaders are being equipped. We make sure that they are um, they are um, they're, they're celebrated. They're communicated. They are promoted really well. So that's one of our systems with that. So we got Sundays. We got small groups. And then we have what we call discipleship In our church. Discipleship meaning is that we want people to take next steps. Right. And there are plenty of next steps that people can take. They can you know, get saved. They can they can have baptism. So there's a system behind that. So let me ask you this um, real quick uh, item. I'm new to your church. I got saved. I heard that word that your husband preached. Man, I got saved, man. He preached such a good word. Man, his old tall, fine, black self preached one of the best anointing words I ever heard in the world. And I got saved. And I want to get baptized. How, how do I get baptized in your church? Yeah. At the end of service, and then someone would take you to the back and they would discuss with you the particulars of the baptized. yeah yeah so in my head so here's what happens so I want to turn that process into a more systematic thing so in my head I see in the bottom of your connection card you want to get baptized mm-hmm. put your info here or I would say go to Motivation.church slash baptisms, and you can register right there. Now, so you, whenever it involves people, it's not a system. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, so I'm doing that for everything. Child dedications. Jonathan, how do people get their, their kids job, uh, dedicated at your church? Well, at our size right now, yeah. it's just, I know there's a baby in the church, and we talk with that parent. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. If yeah. anybody has a new baby, we walk them through Sure. The yeah. But, yeah, I get where you're going. You know what I'm saying? You, you, y'all get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, Jonathan needs a place on his website so that the, the mom who lived even in a rural town, yeah. right, the mom who just moved in yeah. down the street because her grandmother moved, lived there and she, she left her husband and she wanted her kids to get dedicated and she don't feel like she could. And she's intimidated to talk to anybody. So what happens is, so we're turning everything into a system, right, so that it's not relying on a person. Because if it's relying on one person, I'd be going to church all the time. Hey, see Mary Sue in the back. Like, that's, that's not systems. That's, like, not good at all, right? Um, and so what I'm saying is that we have to learn how to systematize every aspect of your Sunday morning experience. Systematize if someone wants to be a small group leader, right? We even now have a system where if you want to quit being a small group leader, we have a uh, motivation.church slash quit small groups. <laughs> and what we do is like, hey, I want out. This thing is, these people are crazy, right? And so what I'm saying is that the more, the more you can systematize your church, the more your platform and your structure and your foundation begins to grow, right? And so for me, the leaders that I'm looking for are leaders who can create systems for their ministries. Right, so the leaders that we hire and we fire and we let go is all about systems and, and what can they create, right? And and what kind of platform can they build, right? So we have that. So we have systems that help us with our vision, right? And I'm going to keep going. You can keep going to the next slide, right? And so now what we're going to do when it comes to growth, we're going to create movement. So now that we created systems for every part of our church, we're going to create movement. And going back to first point number one, I think it would be really helpful if you just go through your church as a just with a new mindset. Okay, how do people get saved? What's their next step at your church? How is it communicated? Where is it communicated? Where do they go? Who who do they talk to? Is it online? Is it on social media? How do people give to your church? Can they give by texting? You know, can they give by Cash App? Like we're living in a Cash App generation, especially in the cities. Like, do your church have a Cash App? Does it have a Venmo account, right? You know I mean it's thinking through all this stuff like how do people connect to your church right so I would just do that so that's systems but I want, I want you to create movement um, I'm going back here in a few weeks to Israel uh, but I went there a couple of years ago and we went to the, the, the Sea of Galilee first and the Sea of Galilee was just beautiful it was awesome and then we got baptized in the Jordan and then we went down to the, the Dead Sea and one of the things about the Dead Sea is that you can actually float on top of it because it's so dead I mean, it's so salty and so dead and it's, it's really crazy. Um, and one of the reasons why they said it's so dead is because all it does is receive water from the Jordan, but there's no outlets, right? So all it does is the water comes in and it stays still. It comes in and it stays still. It comes in and it stays still. But in the Sea of Galilee, the reason why it's still today, when you, you can, we had fish from there when we were there. We ate food from there when we were there. There's wildlife there. The reason why, because the Sea of Galilee, it, it receives the water from the Jordan, but then it has all these outlets. There's there's movement. There's currents. Like in the Jordan, in the Dead Sea, there's no there's no tides. There's no currents. It's just it's just still and dead. And when it comes to church and church growth. church life you have to have movement meaning someone cannot come to your church and remain just an attender there have to be movement it has to be next levels or whatever and so for our church I've created a platform a pathway for every single person to take over our church may take them years to do it they may never get there but there is a platform in fact I was reading Forbes magazine and Forbes magazine says that um, the, the people are who are rec- rec- recruiting the greatest leaders and the, the greatest innovators in their churches are those who check this out. Who there is there is room for growth in the company. So like if you I'm a business I'm a young business guy. I go to their church. I go to a, uh, their business, and I and I see that man. I can be a manager here soon, or I can be a top dog here soon. I'm I'm gonna start there right because there is a pathway to the top. Meaning, like, we gotta, we gotta create churches and systems where there's pathways, right? So in our church, when you come, like, the first, your next step is, hey, get saved. After that, hey, let's get baptized. After that, hey, if you're shacking up, let's get you married, come on, right? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Then after that, hey, let's get you serving. And if you're serving, and you're, just re- you're serving on a dream team, hey, hey, you should be a team leader. I know that you got saved just about three months ago but I'm believing really soon that you're going to be a team leader, right? I'm really believing it, right? And so, hey, you know what? You've been a team leader for a while now. You've been a, you've been a while, so you learn this whole idea of leadership, and you don't know nothing about leadership. You just start coming to this church because your friend invited you there, and it's like, this is weird. They got lights and crazy stuff and people getting saved stuff like that, right? And you become a team leader. Now, I'm saying, hey, man, you should, I think you should be a director. Me? A director? Yes, a director. Oh, maybe one day, I'm believing that one day, you're going to be a coordinator. And a coordinator, that's, that's staff. That's when you're over leaders of leaders. Like, you know what I mean? And so, you know what that does to a person like him? You, and people say, I can't attract young, inviting people in my church. Create a pathway. I, I guarantee you, you, you will. Create a pathway. And so, for us, there's always a next step for every single person in our church. I even have a next step. My next step is I got to raise up a campus pastor so we can plan another campus, right? And after that, I'm going to plan another campus. And after that, I'm going to play a guy who's over all the campuses. So I even have next steps in my, my organization for me. So I'm not here. Like, what the, tr- the version of Travis you see right now, you won't see this version next year. I'm going to be stepped to the next, the next season. Here's why. So th- th- there should be next steps for every single person. If you're a lead pastor here, there should be a next step for every staff member, right? Every leader that you have, every person in your church, this should be next step. So for us, we have four different boxes that you should be in in our church, right? You're either in four different boxes, right? And we know in our planning center, in our database, we know every single person and what box they're in. And we're trying to move them to the next box. So, all right, first box, number one, regular tender, just start coming. Discovering our church, who they are. So our goal is to get them to box number two, and that's serving and giving, right? So in order the system that we create to bridge box one and box two, we call it growth track, or some people call it next steps, or some people call it, you know, membership class, whatever you want to call it. But it's that's the system that we created. So in order to get you from box one, for being a normal attender, right? Just coming, to box two, like we, we we're trying to push you towards you know, uh, growth track. So for us, you want to hear the goal from me. The goal for me on a Sunday is honestly not to even get you saved. That's gonna happen. The goal for me on a Sunday, not for you to uh, baptize in the spirit and speaking in the tongues, but the evidence is speaking in the tongues. all the goal for me on a Sunday is that I need you in that second box. Cause here's why: in that second box, you're gonna start serving. You're gonna find a family, and you're gonna you're gonna find a accountability. If you get saved in box one. Praise God. But box two, you find community. Box two is small groups. Box two is uh, you're serving. God is using you. Box two is that you're giving of you're giving your tithe. And I really believe that tithing is a gift that we give people. Right. It's an opportunity for people to give unto God. What an honor it is a gift to God. Right. So for me, there's always it's always like who's in box one. OK, what are we doing to get into box two? So we got box two. These are the regular serving. They're serving. Um, they're giving. They're they're somewhere all into the church. Remember loving on them. Uh, every person who serves in our church, they have a leader, a director who's pouring into them, texting them once a week. How you doing? How's your marriage doing? How's your life doing? How's school going? Right. That's box two. And so then, in in the conversation that we have in our staff meeting, who's in box two? Then we need to get to box three. Box three. That's when you become a leader. Right. So you become a director. Uh, and that's when we started to activate your gifts. If you got a heart for uh, women's ministry, hey, let's put you over a woman's small groups, right? You got a heart for outreach. You got a heart for foster care. Like, wh- whatever you got a heart for. Like, let's, let's, let's get the gifts that God has given you, and let's put you into a leadership position. Box three, right? So for me as a pastor, and I'm not trying to do like I'm great or whatever, I, I deal with box three people. Like, I, I, and I, I, to be honest with you, like, just I I used to meet with box one and box twos, like, for lunch. Oh, Pastor, I want to have lunch with you and connect with you. And, and then beginning of the first year, like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. But I realize that the more and more if I'm going to grow this church and, and have a big impact in the city of Richmond, I, I, I got I to deal with my threes, right? So we have our threes, but then we have our fours. Fours are leaders of leaders. They are running the church. And these are not staff people. A lot of these people in box four are volunteer. Here's a goal. I don't care if you're staff or not. Like, we're trying to get every single person who comes to my church in box number four. So when I'm out in the lobby, Jonathan, I'm hanging out with them and just kind of hanging out in the lobby, I'm just looking for fours. And here's the crazy part. Everyone is a four in my head. Like, everyone is a potential four for me. Like, they may not stay here longer. They may not like my preaching. They may not like our style. So they might end up leaving around in a box two time or box three time. But in my head, I'm like, I can't wait till you, bro, get to four. Especially with that camo hat on, bro. I can't wait, bro. Half our church is white, right? And so for me, like, I love it. Why? Because our church is so diverse and we got lots of stuff going on. So I'm like, man, this brother's gonna help me reach the camo, the, the hunters. He's gonna help me reach the hunters. So I need him in box four asap. Right. So there's a process. So the process that we use from box one to box two is growth track. The process that we use from box two to box three is what we call uh, motivation school of leadership. So we have a school of leadership. We meet once a month on, on a Monday night, and I'm giving leadership teachings, and then they're breaking out to training on leadership development. Training on their particular departments. That's once a month on a Monday night. And then from, from box three to four, that's my personal small group that I have every month. Personal small group that I have every month, right? So those are, those are our systems that we do, right? Um, and So, how we connect the box, so here's why. There's always movement happening in our churches. There's one person going, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, what's your box four title? Did you say? So, box four, so yeah, box one is regular tender, box two is dream teamer, and our dream team serves. They give and they attend. So that's for us a dream timer or a member, right? Box three is the, the leader box, and then box floor four is the influential box. Yeah, we call it your influencer. Like they're, they're running our church. These are these are where we're training next campus pastors, leaders, and and this is a system at any size church. I'm not. This is not like a, a big church, small church. This is this is a system for any size church, whether your church has four people. Or 4,000 people. This system should work. You should be creating movement, right? So Jesus, he he called regular disciples. And then he said, follow me. Then a couple chapters later, movement. Go out two by twos. A couple chapters later, hey, I'm leaving. By the way, in the book of Acts, you're in charge now. Movement from one place to the next. Peter went from being this fisherman to, in the book of Acts, being one of the head guys in the church of Jerusalem. You know what I mean? Movement. And so the Sea of Galilee is movement. And I think that a lot of times our churches, it's just I come to the church, I serve in the water fountain ministries. And I've been in water fountain ministry for all my life. My, my great-grandma was a water fountain ministry person, and I was a water fountain ministry person, and I'm going to be the water fountain ministry person until I die. No. Movement. You got a youth leader in your church. And every youth leader that comes to our church, I'm thinking about, they're probably going to lead it. A youth group at another campus one day. Movement. So for us, there's always movement. There's always growth. There's never. There's never someone still. I don't have a staff member that our staff members know that every year their just their job description changes. And if you don't like change and if you don't like movement, you will hate our church because we're constantly moving. Right. So growing churches they create movement. Uh, You go to the next slide. Um, And then so another church creates layers, meaning. They are layers. So, like, so that your goal, what you want to do, is to start to create layers in any ministry that you're in. So, let's just use uh, what's your name? Jake. Jake tell us why you what, what, what do you. what do you? What's your role in your church? Um, I don't have a role. You don't have a role. What do you do at your church? Well, well I actually I was just um, serving as a kids ministry. Cool. You're helping out a kids ministry. Yeah. Right. So, like, what, what part of kids ministry? Um, just leaving the class. What class was it? Was it like the toddlers? was it a, uh, infants or was it the big kids like elementary age kids Elementary. okay to, um, Younger. cool all right so this is a great example right great example right so Jake is not like he's not the lead pastor of a church whatever Jake's job like his job is to create another person under you helping you out accomplish the vision of kids ministry right so you win not when you lead a kid to Christ you win when you, you lead somebody else who leads a kid to Christ. Right? You you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Layers. So for me, I'm always saying it in, in terms of layers. So the more layers you create in your organization, the more the, the greater the foundation is to hold the harvest. And so for me, I've never been i I've been a guy about numbers as far as, oh God, send us people to our church. Because God always said He's gonna send people to our church. God says, I need you to work on your your structure your layers, your foundation. I need the workers. I need you to get on your knees and pray for the workers because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is great, but your foundation is small. So in, in, in my head, God, if I can create the a bigger foundation, then God's going to send me a bigger church. That's my head. That's what I'm thinking. So every day I'm thinking about systems. I'm thinking about the foundation. So I'm creating layers, right? So when we started our church, it was just me. Like when we started our church, Jake, man, I was doing everything. I was doing a setup and teardown. <laughs> I was I, I was going to go. I, I had a I, had, I brought me an F-150. We had a hook, a hook up to the trailer every Sunday morning at 4:30 in the morning. I went and I went and hooked up the trailer, attached the trailer to the the truck, and I drove it to the school. I backed the trailer up and I started to unload. I had some people helping me out. But, you know, I, I was doing everything. I was setting up kids ministry. And I realized two months in, I need somebody else to drive this truck in the morning. I need to focus on my sermon. So what I did, I recruited this other guy who loves to hunt too. His name is Dale Wilson. He's a hunter, and he loves to hunt. And so he brings me a uh, uh, jerky, a deer jerky all the time. God, dog, you ever had some good deer jerky? Really good. Dale Wilson took over the, the trailer. And I'm telling you, well, our church grew because of that, right? I created a layer. All right, So the goal is, like, I never thought about, so your growth and your next step of growth is not what you're doing. It's what you are giving away of what you're currently doing. Right? So I'm always thinking about what I'm giving away. What, what am I giving away? How much time I got left? Okay. All right. So, so w- what am I giving away in this next season? Like, you should always have that one thing that you're giving away and to that one leader that you're giving away to. In every season, no matter how big your church is and how small your church is, it should be that one thing that you are giving away. I want to give something away. I want to I give it away. I don't want it in my hands. So I'll tell you something that I'm currently thinking about giving away is that I uh, – so right now I continue to lead our staff meetings um, on Tuesdays, and we would have production meetings on Thursdays, and I'm just not a meeting guy. I'm just not – I'm not good at it. Um, I don't prepare well for them, whatever. And so right now I'm training a guy to give, to give it away. And so I'm, t- I'm sending him podcasts on how to do meetings and how to structure meetings, how to prepare people for meetings, and how do you communicate with people before the meeting and how do you communicate with them after the meeting? Because so right now I'm running a meeting and our meetings are not good right now, right? So I'm trying to give that away, right? Another thing that I'm giving away is that I still do my own notes when it comes to slides um, because for some reason, although I, print, I start working on my sermon on Monday, I don't know what it is, but it's not done until like Saturday night. I don't get it. I don't get it. I've tried hard. Um, but I'm always developing and coming up with new stories, a new point, whatever. And so as a result of that, I've been doing my slides. And, and I've been having all type of uh, spell, uh, spelling issues uh, on the screens, yeah, all these LED screens and like, all these uh, misspelled words. I realized i got to give this away. This is ridiculous. right? You shouldn't be doing this. Um, and, and I just want to encourage you that the more you give away. The more God placed into your hands. So I thought that the more you give away, the less you got to do. but actually the more you give away, the bigger you get. <laughs> right? Um, it, it becomes different things. and so now I'm looking at layers and stuff like that. So my, I, I just want to encourage you all that you have to create like like layers, like systems of layers. so like who's under you and who's under the person that's under you, and who's under the person that's under you that's under them, right? And then what's the, what's, the, what's the communication between the different layers? How do you up here in this layer love people down there? How do you know what they're doing? And so every now and then I have a personal thing that I do is that I meet with regular leaders like all the time now. I meet with regular dream teamers once a month. Um, not that I spend all my, all my time on there, but I want to know, like, hey, what's going on down there? Like, How is it? Is the culture good? Are you being treated right? it's people caring for you do we care more about your heart than your hands right? We love what you do for our church but we care more about your heart and what you bring to our church and who you are and who God's making you to be um and so're we're, we're, we're doing that all the time and so I, I just want to encourage you you, you got to have like the, the layers of people right because the more you give away and the more layers you have like, like the greater your church would be so um, does, does that make sense? is that cool all right i'm trying to, I'm trying to be done because I, I want to give you uh, so I recently um, had an opportunity to hang out um, at a, a good friend of mine who is really close with Pastor Chris Hodges, and he's a pastor of a church, a large church in Alabama called Church of the Highlands. And so I had an opportunity recently to be in a room with Pastor Chris Hodges and, and John Maxwell, and this was uh, two months ago, and it forever changed my life. And I just want to give y'all some of my notes that I've been, when I've been doing these. I, I just want to give y'all some of the notes and help y'all. I want to bring y'all into the room of all these great influencers. Uh, influential people uh, who was, uh, was there. Uh, I just want to give you some of my notes that I that I talked about. That they they talked about uh, there. Is that cool? And then we we'll do some Q and A, and we'll we'll be done. Um. So um. So he asked him. He said these are four questions I ask I ask myself of leaders. These are four questions, and this is what this was John Maxwell speaking. He says, "Is the leader grounded? Are they grounded?" What type of foundation does that leader have? Uh, you can only grow at the size of your foundation. That was so good. If you will make me a soul winner, um, uh, I would never ask you for anything else. That's, what, um, that's, the, only, that's the only request that John Maxwell had um, starting off. But what he's saying is that um, us as leaders, we got to be grounded. Our foundation has to be strong. Um, and so for me, recently, um, what I start doing is—I uh, thought I brought it. Oh, I didn't bring it. Uh, I've been using this thing called the Focus uh, Planner by Michael Hyatt. Anybody ever heard of that? Uh, it has transformed my life. I, st- I started doing it because um, Maxwell said we should be doing it. And pretty much what it does is that it's like a planner that you that you plan your day and your goals every single day. So you have three main things that you're trying to knock out every single day of your life. Whether you are bi-vocational and you're working a normal job and you're in your ministry. Um, or you're in full-time ministry, there are three things that you should be knocking out every day. Um, but what it does is that it, 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 the night before the day starts, you have to process your next day. So like, I mean, getting ready your next day. So like for me, like on, on every night now, I go downstairs, I take out my oatmeal, I eat oatmeal every day, uh, my fruit, and I have it out, you know, I have the package it out on, on the counter so it's already ready. Um, now I get my clothes out before every single day. I iron my clothes so that my clothes are just ready in the morning, right? Because the, the journal kind of helps you get ready for the next day, right? I send out all my reminders for my meetings that day. Um, you know, communicate with my wife. Hey, this is what my schedule going to look like. or oh, you're picking up the kids here. I'm picking up the kids here, all that stuff. Um, so then you got to do it in the morning as well, right? And so that rhythm has grounded me like not, nothing else. I've never been more consistent in my devotional life and my prayer life and I, when I shared with y'all this morning about hearing from God, I tell you what I, you know, I just wasn't hearing from God, guys. I can be honest with y'all and transparent. I wasn't hearing from God. I, I was coming up with good sermons, and they were good, and people were loving them, people were getting saved, but I personally wasn't. Hearing, I hear from God. I went through a season. If I could be transparent today, that I was not hearing from God at all. I didn't hear His voice. I didn't know what He sounded like at all. I was so busy trying to grow a church and have systems and all that stuff. I just was not grounded. And John Maxwell says that he's been he's he's lasted this long without any type of scandal. He's been one of the greatest leaders of leaders of leaders uh, for generation. And he has always asked himself, John, are you grounded? You know, that's really good. Right. So uh, are you grounded? And then another one was uh, another question. The second question he asked himself is uh, he always asked himself, are you growing? Are you getting better? Are you are you just getting better? So for me, I'm, I have this goal, um, and my goal is to hang out uh, with one pastor that churches that church is quadruple my size once a month. So I tell you what I did last well, last week, uh, last month uh, in February, what I did was it's a guy named pastor named Jim Morales. He's actually one of our overseers our church. He's, he passed a church in Baltimore. I live in Richmond, and so if you know anything about that whole DMV area. Uh, the traffic is just crazy. So I had, to, so I had um, Jimmy Rollins says, hey, I have a 30-minute opening. If you want to meet with me, I said, I'll take it. I'll take it. So what I did was I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning to beat the D.C. traffic and to beat the Baltimore traffic. And so I beat all that traffic. I got to him, and I got there early because it only takes me about an hour and a half to technically get there, but I got to beat the traffic. I got into Starbucks. I waited there in that morning, and then he texted me and said, hey, sorry, I only got 15 minutes. So, like, literally, I went from, like, 3 o'clock in the morning to, like, right now is, like, you know, 8 o'clock. I've been waiting all this time for, uh, for 30 minutes. and I only got 15 minutes with him. But I tell you what, well, those 15 minutes changed my life. Here's why. Because I crave mentorship. And oftentimes, we're living in a generation where mentorship is not a big thing that people talk about. But, like, it's a big deal. So, here's what I'm saying. I would do whatever to get into the room where people is going to help me grow. I'll do Whatever like you need me to pay for the coffee so what i did with pastor jimmy is that i mailed his assistant a, a starbucks gift card and says hey i want to have 30 minutes at starbucks with pastor pastor jimmy rollins would you make that happen and when they saw that like what in the world so next week so uh this next week i'm actually meeting with a guy named daniel floyd pastor of a church called Light Point, one of the one of the fastest growing churches in america and i meet with them and here's why because i'm always want to get in the room where i'm growing Great leaders who lead growing ministries or churches, they are always in the room with people who is much bigger than them. I, you, you have to make that your, 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 your just your, my, my wife, she's meeting with a lady named Lisa Turkus um, in a couple of weeks. You know how long it's taking for her to get into that room? Letters, emails, whatever. So my wife is spending up, I think around about 600 bucks for a 30-minute meeting. Worth it, right? Get in the room, and oftentimes, here's what happens: we disqualifies from us ourselves from certain rooms, right? Like we say, "Oh, oh yeah, they don't got time for me. I don't got time for me." My, I mean, my wife, she, she's, you know, she leads worship at, she helps lead worship at our church. She's on our staff, you know. I mean, she's not a big time speaker, or whatever. Lisa Turkus is on TV around the world. She's hanging out with all, all these other famous woman people. So my wife is nobody, and I, and my, I said, "Talk to my wife." I said, "Babe, you deserve to be in that room. No one knows you. No, I'm a name." but you're worthy of being in the room. She said, all right, so she's not sending letters and she gotta, re- she gotta respond back in two months from Lisa's assistant. And Lisa's gonna, uh, she's gonna be in Nashville and she has like a, a half a day. So my wife is flying from Richmond, Virginia to Nashville and she's gonna fly there the day before, so she's gotta pay for a hotel, pay for food and the flight and all that stuff. All because it is so important to get in the room. John Maxwell says that he is at this point in his life today because he has worked hard at getting in rooms with people much bigger than them, right? that good? Right? Isn't that good? That was so good. Um, so, I actually, a couple of weeks ago, I, I flew down, I flew down, I hung out with Jim Wilkes in Cleveland. Y'all know Jim, Pastor Jim? What's the name of the church again? Journey. Journey. Yeah, I flew down and hung out with Pastor Jim uh, Wilkes in Cleveland. And we went, he took me to the Melt. Y'all remember the Melt? Oh my God, that is a heart attack and <laughs> a sandwich. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> like crazy. Anyways, all right. Oh, uh, I don't remember it. That's probably like a bad thing. Like it, it put me in a full co- a coma. So I don't remember. But I remember taking me melt. Like this is ungodly. It can't be godly. So uh, leaders are growing. Um. Uh. Next is, are they grateful? Are they grateful? And just just being grateful for where you are, you know. Not being content with where you are, but being grateful for where you are. You know, I think about people like Jonathan and who's pastoring a rural church and you don't have much resources. It can get overwhelming and you, 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 can, you can look on social media and see what this person have and the leader that they have and the money they have and the building they have. I, can I tell you, I feel the same way. At every level, there is a temptation not to be grateful. Right? <laughs> Ah, oh, can't pastor jim he has an led wall pastor jim has all the staff members and he has multiple campuses and he has a personal system that's full-time and he has all this and it's just and i realize that great leaders and this is what john says they are grateful for where they are just grateful god i'm here i'm not content but god i'm grateful thank god i'm here where i'm, where I'm at right um, and so i i want to encourage you all with that that's so important is like we just have to be grateful and i think what what gratefulness does is that it kills comparison gratefulness is the enemy of comparison right and so like you know we're living in a culture where comparison is really easy like we we didn't, we didn't have access to other people's uh, sanctuaries before now we do now we see how many people are in the room right now we see how good their worship is like we we didn't have access before but now we can see all that stuff and as a result It has still stole the idea of gratefulness out of a leader's a leader's heart. I want to encourage y'all, man, we're going to be great leaders and leading great uh, growing ministries and growing churches. We have to learn how to be grateful. Right. And then the last thing he says is, are they generous? Are they generous? Um, And um, it's so important that um, uh, that that leaders are not only generous with their money with their time i think we should be the greatest tithers in our churches the greatest leaders when it comes to giving uh but also giving of our resources and of our time and obviously having balance with our families and our marriages and our kids and things like that i think it's important that we are we're generous people that we just give right we give ideas away we 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 we, we bless people we we love on people right and and this is what John. This is years and years of experience. I mean, you guys know Pastor John Maxwell. He's a pastor. of People like Chris Hodges and Craig Chris Shell the Light Church, and he's their pastor. And he says the people that he sees that are doing the have have the greatest impact, that they're generous. They just they like to give to people, you know. And uh, I just thought that was really good. But hey, any questions y'all have for the day? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I prep this. So for me, uh, when I'm in a room with a leader that's bigger than me, I'm trying to what, what I'm trying to do is, number one, the night before I'm asking God, God, what should I ask this person? Like, what should I get from this person? Uh, praise God. Praise God. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the leader right here. So um, oftentimes I want to know a few things. I want to know their rhythms. I want to know like what past what's this because here's the deal remember we talked about like so we have the harvest is great the workers are few meaning the harvest is great but if your foundation is not great then I can't manage the harvest so a lot of time I'm getting into a room of a leader I want to know their rhythm like how have they built the foundation what's their prayer life like how do you treat your wife how do you treat what's your what's your discipleship plan for your kids right that's what I want to know right Um, recently I was in a room with uh, and so I've been doing this practice for a while now so I was in a room with a guy named Herbert Cooper in uh, uh, Oklahoma City I went there and um, and I asked him the question I said hey tell me your rhythms and for literally almost two hours he talked to me about rhythms as a leader right because I'm more concerned like I can ask a leader like oh how do you build a church this large tell me what is your secret sauce to building a church this large you know I don't want to build a church that large right now because I won't have the foundation to maintain it. So what I want to know is give me the foundation and God will give me the harvest. So when I get into a room of a leader, I want to know like this. The, I, that's me. Does that answer your question? So like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't even know. Oh, tell me, how's your Instagram really cool? Like, I really don't even want to know that stuff. I want to know, hey, foundation stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I want to know like who they are. Why? Why did God decide to bless them? Right? Um, that's what I want to know. Like, I want to know like what God's in heaven. He's looking at something. There's something about this life or discipline that He has. That, that's why God gave him that mega church. Cause I want the mega church, but I know that I can't handle the mega church right now. So I need the foundation that He has to maintain it. So that's kind of that's kind of the when I, when I get to a room, That's bigger. Uh, question right here.
1: You have a link and someone
0: can go and apply where do those emails go to or those links who gets that yeah form and yeah it does something with it? yeah so again like i said and that's why i think it's so important to have a thing called uh planning center or whatever thing you want to use so what happens is that if you go to our link you click you go to our website you click on register here you're actually going to what we call planning center you know and we kind of make it look cool but it's literally this planning center they type in, oh, I want, to, I want my kid to get uh, dedicated. We ask the kid's name, the shirt size, the kid's size. We give them like a little onesie thing and all that stuff, and uh, what's their name, all that stuff. And so for us, the, the link goes towards Planning Center. Then Planning Center sends a notification to a couple of our admin staff, and now they know. Uh, so Planning Center sends them an email and says, hey, I just signed up to be uh, have her kid dedicated on." Um, uh, in our next dedication. So then, our staff member says, reaches out to Ida and said, Ida, hey, we're pumped that you made that choice to follow. So here's the deal, it doesn't matter who that staff person is. It could be anybody. It could be this guy or this person or that girl. Like it don't matter because the system did the work. They're just they're just a result of the system that we created to create this website. And I, I can show you afterwards on how to, you know, create like a, the planning center will have what's called forms. And so, what a form is, is that you kind of curate like your like a baptism form, or in the baptism form you'd be like, hey, tell, give me a brief testimony of you, and they type in that, tell me your shirt size for the shirts, or tell me uh, what service you want to get baptized in, tell me your name and your number, and then that form will be submitted to your admin person, and then what you do is you do that. And so, for us, we have multiple people who get the notification when people fill out our online forms. Does that make sense, everybody? That makes sense. Cool. That makes sense for you, does that? Yeah, so you can, you can direct it to whoever you want to. Anyone you want, yeah. So yeah, I mean that's why I think it's important to have. I'm not trying to just promote Planning Center or CCB or you need some type of church database system that does everything for you. That way that you can build structures and systems because if they gotta go see Sister Susan in the back of the church to get their child dedicated, then what if they don't know what Sister Susan, Susan looks like? Whether they're intimidated, whether they're an introvert, you know, so that's kinda why we do that of course. Um, so your small groups, you talked about those being like your mini churches. Yeah. What content do they deliver? Yeah, so we, we uh we have some that's uh more discipleship based. So within the small group curriculum, we have a, a a cluster that's called grow groups within small groups. And grow groups, man, they're going I mean, is the in fact I'm leading a grow group right now. Like I mean like they're growing so like it's like bible based stuff so like the book of romans salvation holy spirit uh hermeneutics homiletics i mean like all that stuff like we we want to do that but then we have free market small groups and as it's like oh we're to get together and do zuma so we got a zuma small group we have a we uh if i was living here in cleveland I, or in cleveland i have a melt small group you know and <laughs> uh no that'd be a heart attack small group <laughs> um but yeah so we have free market small groups where the leader chooses a a topic or a theme or a interest and people sign up for the small groups to an interest but the goal for free market is really connection the goal for grow group is really growth so you don't have service groups though, What do, what do you mean by that so We have three we have social we have study and then we have service Service as an outreach you plug in and do in the Okay so That's yeah your- yeah so for us the dream team that's a whole other world so we want you serving on a dream team right here so like you can get involved in a dream team and one thing we realize is that some a lot of positions especially on a sunday does not require talking to people and we want people talking to people so like let's say a camera person that does that they come in at six o'clock in the morning get their, to get the production flow and then they're on a the camera all day and then they go home so i want that person in a small group in midweek, where they're where they're learning and they're they're hanging out, they're laughing and talking about their marriage, talking about their what they're going through. And so, for us, we have the dream team. We have small groups, and then we have leadership. Those are the three buckets. You know, the, those buckets that we're looking at. So, so when when I say like the buckets of movement, like those are part of the movement. So that's all. Bucket number two is 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 small groups, and and does that make sense? So the whole goal is like you want people moving like it's always moving. There's, there's movement happening in your church. So no one is going to remain a, at a certain position in our church. Right. We're always asking people, hey, are you moving your people? Like, are you what's your next step? Are you becoming a leader? Are you becoming a leader of leaders? Are you becoming a pastor? Are you becoming a campus pastor? Are you be, are you planning a church like we're, we're, there's always movement going happening? And that's 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 great life that happens in the church. Any other questions? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So from regular tender into We it the Way, we do Growth Track too. Yeah. We're, we're, there's like a gap. If them walking in, we greet them, we give them a gift, that kind of thing. And then The Way happens, you know, a four-week rotation. Yeah. And getting them from the front door and in the seats to committed to going to The Way, like how, or, or Growth Track, how long is that process to getting them in those classes? We do Growth Track after every single service. After every single service we do, it. we have two, we have three services, and so we have three extra growth track experience. I don't care. if There's two people in there. I want immediately. I, like, like I said. So for us, like the goal is that I want you in the way. They could be walking in the door, yeah. And not in growth track. Absolutely. Yeah, I want you in growth because in growth track, I'm not like it's not it's not a huge commitment. It's just. Right it's it's life-giving like hey man we're a church for a local body and, and like we have like this whole pre- and we have our presenters in, in the way and you call it the way, right so in a way like hey hey we, we're a church man we just started three years ago and our goal is to reach lost people that's far from god and I, i'm gonna tell you some stories hey about two months ago a single mom and she came in here, and she got divorced recently from an abusive relationship, and she didn't think that she could ever be loved again. Man, but she found God, and she also found a husband who's loving on her. We just married her two weeks. You know, you know, like, we're sharing stories, and so the people who walk in, like, oh, my gosh, I, I want to be a part of this movement. So ours is two. So we're one, two, one, two. So, do you like, uh, pardon? Uh? Do you do yeah, yeah, so it's an hour-long um, hours. And so, like, week, week one is that is like discovering our church. So we do like, we teach on our structure, our eldership, our board, how we do money in our church. We also teach on the vision of where we're going. We teach on tithing all in that one hour. So we we condensed it. So a lot of it's video form, um, because I don't don't do do most of it now uh, these days. And then week two uh, is, hey, we have them take a test, um, your personality test. Uh, We wanna know how you're wired. Um, so that takes about, you know, 15 to 30 minutes. I mean, you'd be surprised how long people take. Like, I don't know who I am, you know, like, uh, so uh, so we do that. And then also in week two is like, okay, this is who you are. So the goal of week two is say, hey, we want you to sign up to serve. Because here's where we realized we had to close a gap because we were losing so many people from when they came to when they start serving. Because we believe this, if, if they start using their gifts for God, there is something that, awakens in them that makes them more committed to come to church so for us so that and that's why we want to grow our dream team so that's 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 what we do in you know i mean church of the highlands does four weeks they're in the bible belt uh they're in the south people have more of a uh a commitment to church i'm I'm not i'm in richmond virginia a huge hipster town so like i gotta get you i gotta get you in the family right away so like that's that's our goal is like i gotta get you in the family before you get out of the family because once i get you in I, I believe that our systems and the, and the way we care for people is going to keep you around. So I believe in our church so much that I need you in our church ASAP. So that's kind of why. Does that make sense for you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, what y'all, I'm not trying to disagree with your process. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Long, yeah. Yeah, see, our, see what happens is, and, and I don't know the culture of your city, but like, so we're living in Richmond, Virginia. So most of, most of our church is government jobs. So the only free time they have is Sundays. Um, so we provide lunch, child care, all that stuff. So we cut out anything. And so it's just one-stop shop. Come to church, get involved. You know, yeah, yeah. And so we, we do all that right there. Um, and it, it works well for us. It. We do twice a year do what's called an all in like, hey, man, if you you went to week two and you never went to week one or week one and never went to week two, we do an all in like a night where we do like an hour and a half where we go through the whole thing. Uh, But for us, I'd rather people join on a train, two people here, two people there. So we've in the last six months, we have not had a service uh, a weekend where at least five people joined our church. And so we're always getting people in. Get them, get him in. Like even if it's low, low and slow. I'm, I'm a low and slow guy. Like some people like the big classes like this. I, I, I want a small room with two people, and I can get in a room with two people. Uh, I'd rather get in a room with two people than 50 people, and because I'm gonna hear your story, I'm gonna be able to learn where you came from, that you came from a, a you, you got church hurt in your life, and I'm so sorry that you walk with that. I'm gonna tell you here, we ain't gonna be perfect but we're, we're, we're gonna walk with you every step of the way, right? So that, that's, that's for me. So that's why, the so the classroom size is smaller because it's every week, but it works out in the long run though. So it makes sense. Any other questions? Are we done? Yeah. How and when do you communicate that ladder movement from box 4. Yeah, so, so, so for us, every Sunday, I'm getting you from box one to box two. That's every Sunday, I preach the vision of our church. So every Sunday, at least one of my points is to get you serving and attending our, and, and serving in our church or in a small group. Every, there's a I preach my vision every single Sunday. So I don't have any Sundays where I don't preach. That's not a not, not a, a next step. So, hey, for some of you, we're talking about we did relationship series this past week. Some of your marriages. Hey, you, you all need to start serving together. God, I mean, you, in fact, next right after, right after service today, you make your immediate left, we have our discovery. You see all the people with all the signs saying, discover motivation is here, growth track is here, come, come to it, whatever. And so for me, I preach my vision every single Sunday. It's not a Sunday I never preach my vision of our church. So I, and I also preach our process a lot. And so I, I always tell people in the crowd like, oh, some of y'all have been leaders for a long time. It's time for y'all to be a director. I preach all that stuff all the time. So. Yeah, so there there are so we have job descriptions. I can send these to you. We have like um, requirements for each level, of who you are, level of commitment, um, and uh, so like if you're in box if you're in box three, then you're you're required to come to our monthly uh, Monday night. Uh, uh, we have we call it as Motivation School Leadership, and uh, you have to be a part of that. And so you have to you know then box four, and honestly at this point the size of our church box four is mostly staff. But uh, we have some people who are volunteer there um, who's in box four. So like I took all of box four to the CMN conference this past week in Dallas. We took, had a conference in Dallas. So there was about 25 people who is in box four. And I, I, I pay for them to go to a whole conference to receive a full thing. Because there's benefits to box four. You get access. You get a VIP experience. You get the process with me. You get, you get invited to my house in box four. Um, and so uh, does that make sense, everybody? Cool. Uh, So we have we have we average about eight hundred people every 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 week. We only got four people, full time staff. Um, And uh, yep, no. So staff, we got four full time. Then we got three part time, and then a couple stipend people doing different things. I don't even know who. I mean, stipend people we have at this point. I just manage the budget. So. Hey, let me pray a blessing over you guys. So so grateful to be here. So good. And, it, was this helpful for you guys, or was it was it good? Great, great. Let me pray over you, God. I just pray a blessing over every single person here, every every ministry. Um, God, I pray over Jake right here, God. Would you just bless Jake, God? And this next season, God, he just even this next season, w- would you show him all the things that you want to do through him and in him, God? God, would you bless him, God? I pray over Ida, God. Would you bless her ministry and her and her husband, God? God, would you give her everything they need, every resource, every leader that they need, God? And, God, would you show them, God, what they need is literally right in front of them, God. Um, So would you bless them, give them wisdom. I pray a blessing over every ministry, every church, every pastor, every leader, God, uh, from the rural context to the city. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you may bless them. Let them build big churches that have big impact in their cities or in their communities. And, uh, Lord, we, we thank you, and we thank you, and we're grateful for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you.